welcome to the Bible Feed podcast, a place for conversations about the Bible and faith in the modern world, where ordinary people come together to help each other understand the Bible better. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Bible Feed podcast. Um, We're going to cover the subject of the Spirit of God uh, in this uh, conversation. And I've got uh, Sam Thomas here with me. Welcome, Sam. Hi. And, uh, and Sam recently did a, uh, a session on this subject, the Spirit of God, at uh, one of our regular uh, weekly Bible hours. And so we thought it would be good to uh, talk through some of the, the key concepts uh, uh, around this, because it's a pretty big subject, obviously, the, uh, the Spirit of God. There's lots of baggage that could be attached to that phrase. Um, and, and in particular, uh, lots, it comes, it's a term that might come preloaded with lots of assumptions and, uh, and preconceptions, which maybe depend on the particular faith tradition that, that you're in or you've been brought up in or that you're familiar with. Um, and, and so, you know, it, it's, it's a term that might mean, you know, a powerful force, for example, um, or you hear it perhaps used as, you know, when people are reading the scriptures or trying to understand the situation, they might pray and say, I want the spirit of God to guide me in this understanding or in this situation. And I mean, any, any other things that spring to mind uh, in association with this phrase, Sam? Yeah, I, I guess, as you said, depending on uh, your background and how you've been brought up, it might conjure up associations with a person of the Trinity um it might conjure up associations with uh unseen forces that create cause havoc in and around the world yeah. um yeah and and I, and I guess the we might think of the gifts of the holy spirit yeah. the gifts of the spirit as well that uh, uh, are relevant to the subject so so there's a huge range of different aspects to this that we could think about and could cover we're not going to cover all of that um so so how can we cut through the breadth of that to get to helpful basic understanding of of the concept of the spirit of god yeah particularly when there's there's all of this baggage you can bring along to to uh, to your research I, I find it particularly useful to to look through the, all the different ways that uh, it's used in the bible so you, you can build a bit of a a picture of the whole concept that uh, god is getting across uh, in the bible okay. um, so there's some, some difficulties with that. The, the, the Bible was originally written in uh, different languages, Hebrew for the Old Testament and Greek for the New Testament. Sure. We're English, so there, there, there's something that we've got to, uh, to overcome. Yeah. So we could start by looking at the Hebrew word in the Old Testament that is translated as spirit. Uh, that Hebrew word is ruach or something approaching that okay. sound. Ruach, yeah. yeah. Um, let, we won't look it up in a dictionary. We'll look at some examples and try and build this picture of of the concept behind that that word. So a good place to start is Genesis. Uh, Let's have a look at Genesis chapter 7. It it says, this is talking about uh, Noah and when God caused all of the animals to go into the ark with Noah. And it says that they went two and two of all flesh in which there was the breath of life. So in my version there, it said breath, yeah. uh, but that's the, the Hebrew word ruach there. Uh, okay, so breath mm. is, uh, is the way that's, that's been translated there. I mean, spirit of life wouldn't quite mean, um, yeah, in, a, in wouldn't English. quite carry a, a sensible meaning, so breath of life, yeah, okay. Mm. Um, and just in the next chapter, actually, this, uh, the same uh, narrative uh, in chapter 8, uh, verse 1. Yeah. God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were in him with him in the ark. 
and God made a wind blow over the earth and the waters subsided. And it's the word wind been translated into English from that Hebrew word ruach. Okay, so we can see the connection between breath, I guess, breathing in and out and, and wind, um, movement of air. Yeah. I, I can yeah. see the connection. There's a link there, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. Um, we could keep going, actually, uh, in verse 21 of chapter 8. Okay. So after the flood has subsided on the earth, Noah comes out of the ark and he offers a sacrifice to God. And it says, when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I'll never again curse the ground because of man. And Okay, I, I don't really see anything in there that immediately jumps out. No, so that's being wind or breath. What, what what should we be looking for there? So there, it's the English word smell. Uh, oh right, uh, okay. It's ruach, and that's that's the, a verb there instead of a noun where it was wind okay, and yeah, breath. Okay, yeah, okay. Now now you pointed out, I I can I can see the connection, the um the, the breathing, smelling, yeah, inhaling. Okay, yeah. okay. Any any other examples? Um, let's have a look at one in the Psalms, but let's not just spend all our time in Genesis. Yeah. Uh, Psalm seventy seven. There's a good example in here. Okay, Psalm 77. So I'll, I'll read that verse, shall I? Yeah, don't read. So Psalm 77, which one do you want to read? Um, verse 3, I think we could read. Verse 3, okay. So this says, uh, this is the English Standard Version, when I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. Yeah. Okay, so that's spirit. Ruach, I presume. Mm. Um, it's a little bit different. That yeah, time, isn't it? but that's, yeah, so that's, so in Genesis, it's much more about wind, breath, inhaling, smelling. Um, yeah, so this is yeah, this is a bit different. This is about your you know, when your spirit faints. I guess you feel you feel depressed. Yeah, you feel down. You that's to do with your mood, I, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, mood. That's a really good way of describing yeah. that, isn't it? Yeah, how you you feel uh, your kind of emotions and thoughts. Okay, so it's yeah, so it's used in quite a few different ways. It seems. Yeah, um, and yeah, we'll do a couple more, shall we? Um, let's hop back actually to to Numbers chapter eleven. Just taking a cross section yeah. of all the different meanings throughout the Old Testament, really, it comes as each of these quite a few times. Okay. Uh, let's look at verse 25 and 26 here. It says, Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him, and uh, that's Moses, and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. And as soon as the spirit rested on them, they prophesied. They did not continue doing it. So mm. it's a bit different again, isn't it? Okay, so we've got <clears throat> we've got God, we've got Moses, we've got the Lord, um, and I suppose we've got the Spirit of God, God taking some of the Spirit and putting it on seventy. So that sounds very New Testamenty. It does, doesn't in, it? In people receiving the, the, the Spirit. Um, yeah, you mentioned the Spirit gifts yeah, earlier, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, but that's that, that's something again a bit different from um, that kind of basic idea of wind or breath. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's some sort of power at work here, isn't there, that mm. makes these people prophesy? Okay, interesting. Uh, okay. Let's, do, let's do one more. Let's go to Job, um, verse, uh, chapter 26. So this is Job 26, and we're looking at verses 12 and 13, uh, where who's speaking here? Job is speaking, and he says, by his power, I presume that's by God's power, yeah. He stilled the sea. By his understanding, he shattered Rahab. By his wind, the heavens were made fair. His hand pierced the fleeing serpent. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, to my mind, this this is a, maybe joins together a few. few. So you've got the idea of wind again, haven't you? Yeah. But it also but that's, seems that's to be... Ruark, yeah, Jim. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it shows that there's, it's got that meaning outside of Genesis as well. It's yeah. not just confined to one part of the Bible, each of these meanings. But it also seems to have something to do with God making things um there 
Okay. Yeah, there's, there's some terms in there that are, I'm not quite sure I understand Rahab and the fleeing serpent, but we won't go into that now. No, it's certainly poetic <laughs> there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But you're right. There's a there's a there's a power that's at, at, at work there. Yeah. So yeah. So we've had what have we had. We've had um, wind. We had breath. Um, we the had sm- the smelling. Smelling. Yeah, yep, that's right. Uh, and s- some sort of power and expression of power, making things happen. So it's all the same word, ruach, that's that's used to mean all of these different things. Uh, there must be a reason why one word is used to mean all of those different things, some uh, general concept that links them mm. all together. What, yeah. Is there anything okay. that jumps out at you so, that so joins those? So let's think about so we've So we started off in Genesis with wind, movement of air, breathing. We quite quickly extended into things to do with your mood, your, your spirit, in in each of those examples, um, you know, some something was happening that that was that was moved by something that that couldn't be seen. Perhaps you know, the the wind achieved something. And so you can't you can't see the wind, but it, it was it was doing something, moving waters or something, as it was in Genesis. Um, creatures are breathing, um, and so that so they're alive, moving moving around. Maybe is is that. That seems to be what might be connecting them to do with something something that isn't seen producing an, an effect, an outcome, or a yeah, a yeah. That's what movement. came to my mind as well yeah. as as the thing that yeah. links all of those those meanings and concepts. Yeah, uh, and, and that might yeah. So so that actually that does span across that range of meaning in some ways, isn't it? In whether it's just a, an unseen force that that moves something, or it's breath that produces life, or or some unseen mood or change of mind, frame of mind, if you like, that produces an effect on someone, someone faints, and it was that spirit faints. Okay, so so that that's that's ruach, uh, the, the Hebrew word from the Old Testament. Um, but as we, we saw in Numbers, there was that occasion when the Spirit came upon people. It, that sounds very much more like a New Testament thing, and, and the Spirit is something that very much associated with New Testament, the Apostles, and so on, uh, the day of Pentecost. So what about but the New Testament in Greek? So when we come across Spirit in the New Testament, are, are, we, are we looking at a word there in Greek that, that is the same sort of idea? or? Yeah, else. yeah. There is a, a word that seems largely interchangeable, um, the Greek word pneuma, and we, that does seem to have a lot of similar, a lot of overlap with those concepts that we've looked at for ruach. Um, you probably come straight to mind if you're familiar with the Bible, the the things we talked about with those Holy Spirit gifts in the New Testament, where uh, where the early churches, the early uh, believers had these uh, powers to speak in different languages or prophesy, uh, which, like you said, sounds a lot mm. like what was going on in Numbers. Uh, but there are other uses of the term that help illustrate the full concept. It's okay. not just that uh, idea of power being able to do things that you might not be able to do otherwise. Um, Jesus actually references it quite a lot in his teaching in that's recorded in the Gospel of John. It seems to be a bit of a theme that runs through. Um, John chapter three is a good place to look. Has this this conversation with a Jewish elder called Nicodemus, which uh, see, seems like there's some very deep things that he's getting at with uh, the the things that he says. 
Uh, but it does touch on what we've been thinking about. Oh, we, we could read verse 5 to 8. That's probably uh, okay. got the concept in. Okay, so here we go then. Verse 5, Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And I think that's really helpful because Jesus links two elements of that concept that we've looked at already. Mm. Uh, and where we have the English word wind and the English word spirit in those verses, they're translating the same Greek word, pneuma. Okay, so in verse 8, pneuma is the wind, and then... At the end of that verse, born of the spirit, that's pneuma as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so in Jesus and Nicodemus' conversation, they'd be using the same word. It's yeah. not like they were swapping to different words here. Okay. Uh, and yeah, it's helpful. It links a couple of those concepts that we looked at, doesn't it? The wind, that, and Jesus actually makes the point that it's an unseen force. You, you can't see where it's going, but you hear it. Uh, you can't see where it's coming. Okay. It's going. So, you, so you perceive the effect uh, in, in hearing it in this case. Mm. but you can't see it. Mm, yeah. That's right. Okay, excellent. Um, and he uses that as a, a kind of word picture to describe yeah. the Spirit of God uh, or the being born of the Spirit and living a, a kind of spiritual life, I suppose. Yeah, okay. Well, okay. So so we've got this, the Spirit. Does it refer to it as the Spirit of God? Not quite in those words, quite, but no, that's um, my... it's, it's talking in that concept about the kingdom of God. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. So that's you know that's a that's an interesting phrase which can carry carry a lot of meaning mm. uh, potentially. So okay, maybe we'll come back to that once we've explored some of these examples uh, and the meaning of it. Okay, so yeah, so that's uh, that's yeah that is helpful because it's it's very much when we think of Spirit generally, it seems to be tying again to this concept of an unseen something unseen that produces an effect that can be seen. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and just to tie up the fact that there's overlap between the Old Testament and yeah. New Testament ideas, um, a couple of chapters on in chapter 11, uh, Jesus goes to the home of his friends, Mary, Martha and Lazarus. Lazarus has died uh, and Mary and Martha are extremely upset. And uh, it says that when Jesus saw Mary weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. Okay. So, so that's that's similar to what we mm. read in it was Psalm seventy-seven, wasn't it? Yeah. That idea, so the mind, spirit faints. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So he's so that's that's much more to do with yeah mood, frame of mind, yeah fe feeling, mm. uh, and emotion, I guess. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And I, I moved in spirit. I did out of interest uh, trawl through every use of the word um, pneuma and the word ruach, and just kind of jotted down which element mm. of the concept it was broadly referring to and that idea of mind is accounts for the, the greatest proportion of the, okay. the uses um, okay. whether it's yeah the emotions or the feelings or the kind of character inside that, that yeah. shows in actions and okay. um, feelings so so let's let me try and summarize we've, what we've got from from those examples and, and yeah i don't know how many you had to look through in order to uh, to do the job completely <clears throat> but uh, yeah quite a considerable number i would have thought um, so, so we we seem to have the, the basic idea of of, of wind, a force, and something that you can't see that produces an effect. What you either hear or see, you know, if the wind blows through the trees, you see them move, but you can't see the wind. 
Um, that sort of extends into breathing, uh, inhaling, exhaling of air, of wind, and, and creatures living as a result. So it's associated with living things, um, being, being alive uh, in that sense. But then often, as you say, is used um, not just of being alive, but of your frame of mind, attitude of mind, um, and yeah, your mood, emotion as, as well in this, in this that last example from, from Jesus. Okay, so, so we've, I think we've got a good kind of basic understanding of the concept there, which is really helpful to, to build on. So, but sometimes we find words used with the spirit that sort of qualify and describe it like an unclean spirit or the Holy Spirit. So can we, can we think about those? Yeah, those yeah. Examples. Yeah, we're some of those. Getting uh, getting closer to the the idea of the spirit of God now, aren't we? Um, yeah, it does come up a lot, doesn't it? Evil spirit as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah unclean, holy. Yeah, yeah. We could look at a couple of examples of those. Um, Mark Mark five. Let's have a look at that. And this is an example of unclean spirit. Okay. And this is an example of one of Jesus healing miracles. Uh, it says in verse two. When Jesus stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Okay, and, and I suppose with you know one of the preloaded assumptions about what that might mean could be sort of some possession with a demon or something, mm. some evil, evil force possessing this man. Okay. Yeah, that's right. So, so there it is. So, un, an unclean spirit. Uh, what, so, what happens to this this man? Yeah, I think it's quite illustrative when he's he's healed. It, it describes the transition from unclean spirit to then what he is without that. So um, uh, let's look. It's verse 15. Okay. Uh, they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion, sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. So before he'd been uh, taken with episodes where he seems to display extreme violence um, and kind of freeze into the countryside and cries out yeah. and things like that and and then he's he's healed of that and it describes that he's he's in his right mind okay so so whatever this this unclean spirit actually used the word demon possessed that doesn't it in, in verse 15 but when that is removed when that is resolved it, it's something to do with his mind clearly because he's he ends up in his right mind mm. so okay so what what could that what could that be in kind of 21st century english terms yeah this yeah. unclean spirit yeah and i think looking back over the kind of cross-section of the concepts we've thought about so far uh we can certainly see the application of feelings and emotion and that part of your mind which is not visible to others mm. except by the things that you do and his it seems to be describing a mental illness here doesn't it and i guess our, our use of the phrase mental illness saying that the mind is ill mm. um if the words spirit for spirit can refer to the mind then uh then this is essentially a phrase saying that the mind is ill. So, so it's uh, and so these behaviours that he was showing. He was living among the tombs. He was shackled, but breaking them and showing behaviours. And I guess people looking at that think, well, what we don't understand. There's some force unseen that is producing this effect. We don't understand what it is, which is a very good description of mental illness, even even yeah, today, even today, in many ways. But um, very hard to understand. Um, but here it's it's given this this phraseology of an unclean spirit, which actually, you're right, given what we've looked at, seems like a, an appropriate phrase to use, given the meanings that it has. Yeah, yeah. I think it's worth uh, bearing in mind as well, I think, that the term unclean is like the opposite of holy. So yeah. when there's an unclean spirit or holy spirit, there's it's kind of the opposite ends of, a, of the spectrum, I suppose, 
thinking about all that the holy means mm. um, can help us understand yeah. the idea on the other end as well. Okay, um, so should we think about that end? Yeah, let's 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 do it. Um, so we could let's look at Romans chapter eight. I think this that might actually have um, kind of put side by side the Holy Spirit and the unclean or okay. opposite of holy. So yeah, Romans eight. Let's let's look at verse verse five. Has kind of got the concept in. Let's see if we need to read any more to get what's going on. Yeah, we could we could jump in at um, verse five, couldn't we? Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. So we've got two concepts that seem to be contrasted there, the, the flesh and the spirit. Can I explain a bit about what's going on there? Yeah, yeah. So I think um, it, it doesn't actually say Holy Spirit here, um, but it's contrasting having the mind set on um, the flesh and so the mind set on the, the spirit. Uh, so I think it's what we've got here is whether we focus on the kind of physical things that we can see and that we instinctively understand um, and everything that is is tangible in, in that way in in the flesh um yeah things we naturally do in our lives and things we naturally need like eating uh, drinking uh, what we wear things like that um and then you've got the spirit which is set out as an opposite to this and it's linked with pleasing god and having your mind set on the things that god wants and i suppose it, it's like aligning with god's mind in a way yeah, I mean, there's there's two. The phrase to do with the mind, set, set their minds on the things of the flesh, that's one phrase, and then set their minds on the things of the spirit. Mm. So it's like two, your, your mind can be full of, obsessed with mm. two different things. Is that, mm. is that what mm. it's, yeah. it's getting at? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, so let's let's. Um, I mean, as you say, the, the phrase "spirit of God" isn't in that verse. So let's let's start to concentrate on that that phrase. So, the spirit of God. That term. What what is it, what does it mean? Why why is it particularly used about God? Um, and uh, when it's used about God, does it does it mean something different from the kind of things that we've been talking about? Um, so, yeah, I don't think it does. I think all the elements of the concept that we've looked at so far apply yeah. to it when it's talking about God. Um, whenever it comes up as the phrase "Holy Spirit." In every case, that is referring to the Spirit of God. Uh, it's really interesting, actually. Every time you get the, the words Holy Spirit together, it's the Holy Spirit. There's only one. But whenever uh, unclean or evil spirit, it's either an unclean spirit right. or indefinite. many unclean yeah. spirits. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's only one Holy Spirit, and yeah. that is the Spirit of God. Yeah. So, so, yeah, we can have a look at think about what that is. John, let's go to John 4, because it shows how apt a word the... Uh, the words behind spirit are to talk about God. Uh, okay, so we're in John 4. Yeah, uh, verse 24. Okay, I'll read that one. So it's a pretty short verse. Um, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Okay, so it's, it appears twice there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think that, that phrase, God is spirit, from what we've thought about so far, with it being something that you can't see, but you perceive by 
the effect uh, that that is a very apt description of okay. of god isn't it we can't see god but we believe that he is because of the things that's said in the bible and the things that he's done creating the world and um prophecies that have come true etc okay so that's right so that that basic concept of uh, something unseen but we see the effect is yeah i can see that that being very applicable to god as we experience uh, and as we think of god as some um, all-powerful being unseen but mm. but exhibiting his power in various ways whether it's creation or the word yeah. mm. okay but so 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 that that basic idea of something unseen that produces an effect that that makes sense <clears throat> about about god we saw it used about um you know breathing and and, and therefore you know associated with life and being alive uh, you know does that aspect of its meaning kind of transfer across to god himself as well i mean if you don't tend to think of god breathing being sustained in life in that way so is does it mean more than just breathing and keeping alive yeah it's an interesting concept isn't it but it comes very early on in the bible uh genesis chapter two Mm. uh it says that uh, god made man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life so so yeah that that's very much uh, linked to breath um actually yeah, but, something there, else? but there god is the source of that mm, of that mm. breath as well. yeah absolutely and uh, interestingly so, uh, job again he, he actually says that uh he says the spirit of god has made me and the breath of the almighty gives me life so and i think that's a slightly different word where it says okay breath there um but he kind of equates the two together yeah. with that power giving life and the breath um together there there's also when the angel Gabriel comes to to Mary. Okay. Yeah, let's have a look at that. that. Yeah, Luke chapter yeah. one. So those examples of of Job and Genesis, that's that's a very general life giving attribute, if you like, of God. Okay, so we're going to Luke chapter one. Yeah. Uh, where, where do you want us to look there? Uh, verse uh, thirty-five. Yeah, it's when the angel tells her how she's going to be with child. Okay. Uh, the angel answered her. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. So you okay. get power in there, um, creating life. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the Holy Spirit there. So are they are they two parallel statements, if you like? The, yeah. the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High. And yeah, I think that's that's good. Yeah, it helps explain the the, the first part of the phrase, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. but it's but it's giving life. In, in a very miraculous sense in this case mm. yeah a life-giving miracle okay so I, I get i i can see that and it and it's called you know we have the phrase the holy spirit it's called that because it's associated with god from god um so so we've seen the the meaning of spirit as this unseen influence and and as this life-giving uh, attribute and life-giving force and power as applying to god um, when we looked at the breadth of meaning, um, we also saw that in many cases it's used of the mind and the, the, the frame of mind, mood, emotion, and, and so on. So can we apply that to God? Can we extend the meaning to yeah, God absolutely. in this as well? Absolutely. And there's some, some verses that are really helpful with that. Um, Paul's first letter, so 1 Corinthians, Paul's first letter okay. to the Corinthians, chapter 2. Okay, let's go there. We're uh, we're certainly using all parts of our of our Bibles for this. Yeah, we are. It's just, it's a concept that goes from start to finish. I mean, it's all, all, yeah, the, the opening uh, the opening narrative of Genesis and all the way through to the end. It's uh, it's a concept that's that's all the way through. Okay, so in one Corinthians two. Let's look at verse eleven. Yeah, I think that's okay. That's a good one. 
Okay, so I'll read that one. So for who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person, which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Okay, that's interesting. Yes, that links with what we saw in the psalm and with Jesus at uh, the house of Mary, Martha and Lazarus, with it being linked to what's going on in the mind. Okay, yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's almost... It's almost separating the person and the spirit of that person. Yeah, it's the way it's, it's way. talking about it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, not sure I fully understand the relationship between me and my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. But it's well, I guess it's it's using the language. You know, this is a translation from from Greek and using that language to explain that basic idea. I suppose that, and and it's certainly true. Only I know my thoughts and how I feel and how I, um, my frame of mind, it might come out in some ways, or I might have good ways of keeping it inside and keeping it invisible. Not, not always, sadly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, that, that makes sense. Uh, but actually it's going on to say that there's, it, it's linking it with God and, and God's, God's spirit. Mm. Yeah. And it, it gets to the, the heart of the matter that we're actually trying to understand the thoughts of God, yeah. which is a huge thing when, you think about what that yeah. means, um, understanding a eternal being that's made everything. That's a big task and a, could be quite a daunting task to uh, try and understand the thoughts of God. But it says that the spirit of God does understand that. Um, and yeah, let's read the next verse, actually, because it actually says that then we've been given that. We could read verse 12 and 13. OK, so now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. So there's lots of spirit in there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know the end of that verse 13 is uh, is a difficult one for the, the mm. translators in various different uh, translations that comes across differently. But I think the, the, the core there being that we have actually been given somehow this spirit that, and in this context definitely seems to be linked to the uh, the thoughts of mind, the feeling of God. We've somehow been given that so that we can understand the mind of God and we've been given that freely. I think that's, that's a, a wonderful thing, definitely. And there's actually similar to the verses in Romans that talked about the mind of the flesh and the mind of the spirit. Um, we seem to have the instruction to receive not the, the spirit of God, not not the spirit of the world, but the spirit that is from God. So if that's about God's thoughts, attitudes, way of looking at things, mm. characteristics, it's trying to adopt that into our minds, mm. into our spirit, if you like. Is that? Yeah, I think you put that really well at? there. Yeah, yeah, and uh, um, we've looked at Romans eight already, didn't we? So we could, yeah. Because uh, and that seemed to be talking about that kind of process, aligning our mind with with God. So we could look at a few more verses there. Uh, let's look a little bit later on. So we read five to seven, I think. We did, didn't we? Uh, we could look at. Suppose we could read verse nine to eleven. Uh, that, or maybe just reference it. That talks about the Spirit of God dwelling in you and having the Spirit of Christ in you. And it goes on to explain later on actually what what it's getting at. Uh, there you however are not in the flesh but in the spirit if in fact the spirit of god dwells in you anyone who does not have the spirit of christ does not belong to him but if christ is in you although the body is dead because of sin the spirit is life because of righteousness if the spirit of him who raised jesus from the dead dwells in you he who raised christ jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you 
and uh, it, it links it with with righteousness so it's got something again to do with the way that we're living okay so we so we have the spirit of god or the spirit of christ <clears throat> dwelling in us mm. that, that's something that's possible mm. um, and actually just if you just read that on its own you might wonder what that meant but as it comes on from some of the things that we've looked at earlier you know, set your mind on the um, on the things of the spirit you, you can see it it's really helpful actually because it, it makes it much more about something that we've got to do something that we've got the choice to do i think um, rather than passively waiting for some external thing to to come upon us yeah um, it, it's more about it's our choice to set our mind on and try and seek out god's thoughts and, mm. and adopt mm. those mm. yeah so i guess in the light of what we've looked at having the spirit of god or of christ in you is aligning your mind so that you're thinking the same thoughts and uh, responding to things in the same way, having the same feelings about uh, things that happen that yeah. God would and Christ would. We could finish actually in Galatians because once then you've got that spirit, that mind, those feelings. Yeah. Um, so, so actually, just perhaps before we go to Galatians, we, we looked at John 3 and where Jesus was talking about to Nicodemus, I think, about being born of the spirit. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you could see that as as the same sort of thing if if we've received chosen chosen to understand and and frame our minds according to the way god's revealed himself then that is being born of the spirit is that fair yeah so uh, yeah you, you might talk about being being reborn if you if you have a yeah. complete change of mindset and uh way of thinking yeah um, okay so galatians yeah that's right yeah let's um look yeah chapter five it talks about the way that this then becomes visible so like we saw with the wind and your yeah. breath when you blow on yeah. something it becomes visible by, by the effect it says in verse 16 walk by the spirit uh, and you won't gratify the desires of the flesh and when it goes on to say what it what comes out what's visible when you've got this mind in you um it's verse 22 the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control so that, that's very much a, a way of living and expressing the thoughts and, and feelings of god in your own life i suppose isn't it okay so well they're very real things that that would be evident and, and displayed in someone's behavior and, and, and approach to life and, and i guess you're saying that if those are produced by an understanding of the mind of god then effectively that is that person has has received the spirit and is displaying the um those those same characteristics of god yeah absolutely okay yeah and i guess you could also look at um the link between the the word of god in the bible or uh, the, the, that's our access yeah. to the word of god and that that's a, a route to understanding the spirit and that's given to us by the spirit of god um yeah so we could take that that basic concept that we've sort of developed and and, and take it into some other areas of, mm. of of study in our bible reading as well that well that's that's really useful so it seems to have brought the concept of the, the spirit of god into um into better focus i suppose and into into how it can be relevant in in life now not in a mysterious external force kind of way but but more about something that we can actively choose to do, just to, to seek out, try and understand from the the words in, in the scriptures that we have, the, the mind of God, the characteristics of God, and then actively choose to adopt those, mm. that, that spirit mm. in our daily choices and our approach approach to life. So 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 we've sort of built it up from those three aspects, the basic meaning of wind, air, movement, movement, something unseen that produces an effect 
breath that supports life, but then into frame of mind, attitude, uh, how they all apply to God, but 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 then have their relevance to us as well. So. Mm. Yeah, and I think uh, if we were to have looked through all the examples when it's the power of God, uh, whether it's like those yeah. examples of prophecy or, or other other powers, that the purpose in each of the occasions is usually linked to getting people to develop that mindset um, or yeah, the invisible God making mm. himself known and per- yeah. able to be perceived. So. Okay, we'll perhaps close our conversation there because... Um, we've, we've covered a fair bit and, uh, and I think probably realised that there's a whole lot more that, that we haven't touched on really in other areas that we could, could go into and maybe we can do that on, the, on future occasions, future conversations. Uh, you know, we haven't really looked at the gifts of the Spirit or the Spirit as a person of, of the Trinity and whether that's uh, a part of this. But I hope what we've done is established a sort of a, a, the basic concept, a basic understanding um, that, uh, that we can build on uh, as we as we read and extend our, our studies of the Bible. Um, so we'll save those for another time. And uh, thank you to, uh, to everyone listening. And uh, we'll be back soon. Uh, God bless. You've been listening to the Bible Feed podcast. Thanks for joining us. We're always keen to hear what you think, hear your questions or subjects you'd like to discuss. So get in touch with us on our Facebook page or send a message from our webpage at biblefeed.com. And be part of the journey.